Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap operas, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey there, soap fans. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I promise you that this show will not be shutting down at midnight. I can also promise you that this week's show is going to be really, really good. I'm calling this the Triple A Show, and it's not because I'm broadcasting from my car. In actuality, all of this week's three guests have first names that start with the letter A. I'm not sure what the odds are of that happening, but it's apparently better than my winning Powerball. Later in the show, I'll be joined by Aaron D. Spears and Angel Conwell. But with three guests in under 60 minutes, there's not a whole lot of time. So let's press the gas pedal and zoom right into today's show. Now, my first guest is making her debut here on Soap Central Live. But some of you out there may remember that I spoke with her several years ago when I was a guest on another podcast. Alina Adams has been entrusted with some of daytime's most beloved soap operas, writing books for As the World Turns and Guiding Light, as well as the Where Are They Now web edition of Another World. She's here today to talk about a new project that everyone out there can be a part of. Alina, welcome to Soap Central Live. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right. So for our listeners out there who may have missed the last time that we chatted or, and may not be familiar with your soap opera pedigree, can you share a little bit about your history with the soaps? Well, we can start with the fact that uh, when I first moved to the United States, not speaking any English as a child, soaps were how I learned English. So that was my introduction, as you can imagine what I must have learned. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> after that, I worked at E! Entertainment writing a show called Pure Soap, with, uh, hosted by Shelley Taylor Morgan, which showed clips from the soaps. After that, I moved to ABC Daytime and worked there for a while on some of their specials. Um, I was there when uh, Loving turned into the city and wrote the wraparounds for that. And then I ended up at um, Procter & Gamble Productions, Telenex Media, working for As the World Turns and Guiding Light. I did the tie-in books, um, Oakdale Confidential, The Man from Oakdale, and Jonathan's Story. And mm-hmm. I also worked on a project that they had called Another World Today. At the time when Telenext had their soaps on Hulu.com, Another World Today was an officially sanctioned updating of the story, which incorporated clips from the shows that were then on Hulu as background on the characters. So it was really a cutting-edge experiment in multimedia in using text and video together to tell one story. 
Do you think that that's something that the soaps that are still on the air now could rely on to maybe build their brand or to make the viewing experience even richer? I'm a big believer in the fact that you should be on as many platforms as possible and that it doesn't hurt, that if you can watch something on TV and then you can read more about it on the Internet or listen to something on your phone, that's only going to be the best for everyone because the more engagement with any brand, the better. Now, you have something called Soap Opera 451. Can you explain the meaning of the 451? That, that's me being vaguely um, pretentious and literary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a reference to Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury, because at the very end of the story, after all of the books have been burned, the few survivors end up outside of the cities, outside of where the government is, and they're walking around and they're memorizing books so that they can remember and they can pass them on. And hence, Soap Opera 451, even if they disappear from the broadcast networks, which I actually don't think means that they're disappearing. I just means they're leaving the broadcast networks. This is a way to remember them. Well, you mentioned uh, the possibility of soaps disappearing from broadcast television. We've lost way too many soap operas in the past few years, and there are rumors that maybe some more at at all. So uh, let's just put it this way. What's wrong with this picture that we're talking about losing these programs that have been around longer than probably everybody listening to the show. You know, smarter people than me are obviously tackling this question and trying to figure it out, so all I can offer is my own opinions. And part of it is I almost feel like, you know, they say the king is dead long live the king. I think soaps have lost for winning because now everything is a soap. All of primetime is a soap. Sitcoms, Friends was a soap. Just because it had a laugh track didn't mean it didn't have a running storyline. People wanted to know, are Ross and Rachel going to get together? Everything is a soap. Even the uh, crime dramas have continuing characters and continuing story arcs. So it's not... I always say maybe daytime soaps are going away, but soaps aren't really going away because they've really won in a way. That's an interesting way to look at it, sort of... uh, uh what, what do they say when you uh, imitation is, is the greatest form of flattery? So, I mean, is that what we're dealing with here? Well, clearly serial storytelling is still extremely appealing, even if we go to the reality shows. I mean, what is a reality show but the same cast of characters that you see every week to see what's going to happen to them now? So, yes, you are absolutely right. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Unfortunately, some of those shows are cheaper to produce. Also, you and I just talked about platforms and that sort of thing. People aren't taking enough chances. I mean, why not see if you can take reruns of the soaps, which will definitely not cost you as much, and rerun them, say, in late night? Put them up there against the infomercials. You've already shot them. You've already filmed them. Even Yes, you're going to pay some residuals to writers and actors and that sort of thing. It's still going to be cheaper. It's going to cost you less. See what the numbers are. Be creative. Think. Think outside the box. There are so many ways, I think, when you're talking about 45, 72, however many years of history for soap, there's certainly uh, not a lack of material, Mm -hmm. and there certainly are not a lack of memorable moments, and that provides a really good segue into a (laughs) a project that you're doing. It's a time capsule of daytime drama's greatest moments. Yes. There There are a lot of them. 
There are, there are. And if I can back up a little bit, what's very exciting about what I'm doing about this speaking of different platforms is I'm taking what I learned with Another World today with the combination of text and video, and I'm building this as an electronic app so that not only are we talking about Soap's Greatest Moments, but once we've talked about it, you can then click a link and be able to watch it, which to me is a very exciting development in technology. What I... What I'm doing is I'm soliciting fans and professionals and asking them what their greatest moment is. And, of course, the first comment everyone gives me is, one, you want me to just pick one moment from a storyline, which I realize is very, very difficult, but that's what makes it fun. So what we're starting with is we have fans. They submit a moment, and then I'm seeing how many votes a particular moment gets, and then I'm going to the people involved in it, the actors, the writers, the directors, and I'm asking them for behind-the-scenes information, and I'm going to compile all that and turn it into an electronic enhanced book. Wow. That is an amazing undertaking. How about this? While we're talking about some of these moments, Alina, uh, should we open up the phone lines and let some folks call in and maybe offer some of their thoughts for the greatest moments? I'd love to hear them. All right, so if you're out there and you're listening and you have, you're, you're jumping up and down in your seats or wherever you are saying, I've got one of those greatest moments in daytime history, feel free to give us a call. The number's toll-free, and it's 866-472-5788. You can call in and share with us what your favorite or what your choices are for the greatest moments. And I'm wondering, Alina, would you mind maybe sharing one or two that you've seen uh, that were submitted by fans so far? be happy to. Well, I can tell you that so far, far and away, the number one leading story is um, BJ and Maxie's The Heart Transplant mm-hmm. on General Hospital. I don't yeah. know how much that's triggered by the recent story with Jake, that it's in fresh in people's minds, but it certainly deserves to be there. That one, far and away, has gotten the most votes. We've gotten quite a bit of support for Guiding Light Slut of Springfield. <laughs> okay. Big we, contrast. Well, that, that's what I'm actually hoping for. You know, you don't want it to be the same thing over and over again. Um, a good number of uh, votes for Bo and Hope, especially in the beginning of their relationship with the remote shoots and all of that. Um, um, Felicia's intervention on Another World has oh. been mentioned by a few people. So that's actually an example of one. When that came in, I've already spoken to Linda Dano, who shared her memories of shooting um, those intervention scenes and sort of what was going on in her mind, what was going on with the actors. And then as long as I was talking to her, I also asked her to name her favorite daytime moment. So the people who I'm asking for their memories will also get their opinion. So we'll have a nice mix, hopefully, of professionals and uh, fans and maybe soap journalists. I just really would like to run the gamut. Okay. Do you think it's true that daytime performers are each other's biggest fans? I think they almost have to be because they know how much work it takes to turn in a performance of that caliber with minimal rehearsal time, and you're also doing your blocking at the same time and remembering which camera is on. It's like athletes admiring other athletes. That's the whole point of organizations where you're rewarded by your peers, like the Oscars and the Emmys, because they understand what went into your work. I'm thinking of some of the other moments while we're uh, while we were talking here. Certainly, I, I can remember uh, 
Judith Light's performance on One Life to Live on... Um, I apologize, this. but I'm having a very hard time hearing you. It feels like there's another feed coming in. I hear another voice. Uh-oh. Let's find out what that's about. Sometimes I hear other voices in my head, too. Please don't tell me I'm the only one. <laughs> but that's a totally, totally different issue. Uh, but I, I was mentioning um, for One Life to Live, uh, Judith Light as mm-hmm. Karen Wallach on the stand. I think that's a memorable moment. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, a lot of the ones that I can come up with that are fresh are more recent in my head. Uh, Cassie's death on The Young and the Restless, I thought... That farewell scene was amazing. Bianca coming out to Erica yeah. oh, that's on All My one. Children. That's another one that's, that got a lot of votes. The Bianca coming out and also um, some scenes of Luke and Noah from As the World Turns. Interestingly uh-huh. enough, rather than scenes between Luke and Noah, more of the suggestions have been scenes with Luke and Holden, Luke and Lily, Luke and Lucinda. So it's interesting that while people say the Luke and Noah story, when you ask them for a specific scene, they actually refer more to the family things. Now, for you, without trying to cloud anybody's opinion, do you have any scenes or moments that are standouts in your mind? Well, to be fair, um, I also would pick a scene from the B.J. Uh, Maxi storyline, but since so many other people have already voted for it, I may go to the one that would be my second runner-up, which would be from Guiding Light, the uh, Roger and Holly Cliffhouse sequence. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that storyline which came about when they're up, um, they're in an isolated location. Someone's trying to kill them. Ed goes up there with Michelle. Ed ends up dangling off a precipice exactly the same way that Roger once dangled off a precipice. And if I can actually digress, I was just uh, ranting to my husband earlier, about, and that is why soaps are so fantastic, because um, I was earlier, I was watching the General Hospital clips with uh, Luke and Lucky, where Lucky confronts Luke about being the one who hit Jake. And in the middle of that sequence, they flash back to Lucky as a little boy. And it is Jonathan Jackson, and it is Tony Gary, and it is real time. And that's the same thing with that guiding light sequence. Ed dangling off a cliff and Roger putting out his hand to pull him up means something because we know that 10 years earlier the positions were reversed and Roger plummeted to his alleged doom. And that's the beauty of soaps is that there's all that rich intertextuality in the story that's your reward for being a fan. The scene means so much more. The moment means so much more because you were there for the previous moments. Well, moving away slightly from that, you mentioned something that had me thinking about the payoff for fans. Is it difficult for anyone who's involved in writing the soaps to be maybe as invested in those sort of payoffs as people who have been watching every day for 50 years are? I mean, it's got to be hard to sort of live up to that expectation, I would think. It's hard, but in my experience, having worked around the shows and with the writers, is they are really doing their best. Maybe it doesn't always measure up. And the other thing is not only are you competing with um, other scenes, you're competing with the scenes that the fans have imagined in their minds. I remember when I was first doing Another World Today, I got some of the feedback of people saying, well, I thought that this, this, and this happened, which is completely legitimate, but everyone sort of has their own vision, and for a writer to try to please everyone is, by definition, impossible. So when you're writing Another World Today, uh, you know, do you put down different scenarios and then think, 
how will different fans react to this, or do you just jump on it and then sort of wait to see what fans are saying to decide where you're going to take it and what direction? Well, the way that Another World was developed is in addition to being text and video-based, it was also fan interactive, is that there are polls asking fans where they want the story to go. So that was always the original concept of it. Okay. Uh, Also, another point that popped up for memorable moments, you had mentioned earlier the end of of Loving into the city. Mm -hmm. I really have to say that I love the way that Loving wrapped up. To me, that's got to be the best whodunit, or at least one of, in soap opera history. That was definitely an exciting time to be at ABC because there was, you remember you were talking about writers and producers and how invested are they in it. I can assure you because I sat in the office next to them. They are very invested. And the one thing they want to do is they really do want to please the fans, but it's the old you can't please all of the people all of the time. I find that out every week <laughs> with this show that sometimes there are uh, questions that fans are out there itching for me to ask and unfortunately uh, I don't always get to them. So let me also ask you from doing this, I, I know that people are sharing some of their their favorite and greatest moments in daytime history. What else do you see that right now soap fans seem to be talking about or maybe uh, questions that they're asking you? The feedback that I mostly see and based on the scenes that came in are a couple of things. One is people would really like to see more focus on the family. There's talk, as I mentioned with Luke and Noah, people love the Luke and Noah story, but when they remembered scenes, they remember Luke and Lucinda, Luke and Emma, Luke and Lily. So there's a lot of talk about, I'd like to see more family, I'd like to see more sense of community, which ties into, I'd like to see the older characters, I'd like to see the characters that I grew up with or the characters that I'm invested in. And there's also a lot of talk of more quiet moments. People say, you know, I'd like to see less big events, less explosions, less trains collapsing. It's the little moments. So many times I hear it's the little moments that I really love. That seems to fly in the face of these reality shows where it's all about the big moments, the pulling off of someone's wig, the flipping over of the table. But I think in the reality shows... People aren't invested for 20 years into them. They're watching for the shock. They're watching for the train wreck. They're watching for the -the over-the-top characters. And that's not what people want from their soaps, because I don't think that's what pulled them in in the first place. Uh, no, I, I'm trying to think. You know, for me, it, my the way that I got roped into soaps was completely different. I tuned in just to see someone who I knew on a soap. But I guess for most people, they're introduced to soaps or were introduced by soaps by someone in their family yes. watching the soaps. Is that typically the case? That seems to be the case. There's the, the word mentoring that, you know, so many people say. I mean, my husband um, remembers watching all my children in the crib because his mother watched it. And I think it's that kind of mentoring. You watch it with your mother or with your grandmother or with your babysitter. Or maybe your college roommate watched it. So you could, first it became a social experience. Then it became something to talk about. I have so, heard so many comments of people saying, towards the end, it was the only thing my mother and I could talk about. We would argue about everything, but one thing we could talk about was we could talk about our stories. So, yes, there was that, and there was also someone who could point at the screen and go, okay, well, that was a meaningful moment, which 
to you may have looked like just two women passing each other in the hallway, but, you know, five years ago they both fought over the same man, and one of them had her husband's child, and so them meeting in the elevator and not <laughs> ripping each other's eyes out, that's huge, huge. It's, it's, I shake my head that I know exactly what you mean. Uh, now, we, the one thing that I forgot to do is for people who want to submit their daytime's greatest moments, but maybe we're too shy to call in, how do they find out and where do they go to do this? There's two ways. You can either go to soapopera451.com where you can just click on the time capsule project and that will give you all the instructions or you can write to me directly at alinaadams at gmail.com which is A-L-I-N-A-A-D-A-M-S at gmail.com. Either way. Well, perfect. Uh, Alina, I want to thank you for taking some time out to chat with me and hopefully you can come back when we have uh, maybe some finalists or some other things to talk about and, and find out what soap fans are talking about in terms of their greatest moments in daytime history. I would love to. Thank you. Sounds perfect. Everybody out there, stay tuned. We have Aaron D. Spears coming up after the break, and we'll be back with more of Soap Central Live in uh, about two minutes or so. <laughs> Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Is your sexual relationship satisfying? Do you have a nagging question about sex and you can't find the answer? Tune into Sex in Our Cities with hosts Donna Kane Francis and Robin Potter Kimball. Two advanced practice registered nurses are here to answer all of your questions about sex and relationships. Each issue will be presented in an objective, unbiased perspective designed to educate and empower you to make healthy decisions and bring about change in your life. Sex in Our Cities is broadcast live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787.
are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. Up next is another first-time visitor here to the show. He's the handsome Justin Barber from The Bold and the Beautiful, but NAACP Image Award nominee Aaron D. Spears is also a husband and dad whose path to daytime may surprise some of you. Aaron, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm pretty good. I don't know what the weather is like out there, but if it would actually stop raining and being cold and windy here in the east, it would be a lot better. You know, it is definitely windy. It hasn't rained. It was supposed to rain, but it did not rain. But man, it's a little chilly, I must say. Now, I'm not quite sure how this is going to work as a segue, but I was poking around Facebook and looking everywhere before the show, and I found out that you went to school for computer science. Yes, I went to uh, school for computer science and mathematics, Um, so I ended up doing both. I had to take so much math because of the computer science that upon graduating, I almost had two degrees. So I'm like only a couple of credits away from having a double degree, and uh, one in computer science and then one in uh, mathematics. So what was the plan uh, when you went for computer science? What was your career goal? You know, that's a, that's a good question. I um, actually went into college wanting to be a DJ. My dad was like, oh, no, sir, you're not going to be a <laughs> DJ. You're taking computer science. And I really didn't have a plan. I just knew it was something that would segue into the future. And as I got into it, I began to find out that I was good at it. Um, I did a lot of programming, so I was on the programming side, took a lot of C++ and all of those languages that drive you crazy. I remember sitting in parties, actually laying on the floor doing logarithms and all of these long programs just to try to still have my college life and at the same time meet the criteria that was necessary to uh, have a computer science major. So, you know, I think if I had stuck with it, I probably would be doing well. Um, You know, I might have, who knows, I could have maybe founded Facebook or Yahoo or something of that nature. (laughs) Wow, just (laughs) that's a really lofty ambition. Hey, I wish I founded Facebook, but I'll take what I can get at this uh, particular (laughs) moment. And in addition to trying to do C++ and all that other stuff out there that people may be uh, scratching their heads over, you also apparently had a chance that you could have played with the New York Jets. Yes, that's absolutely true. Um, I just decided to opt out of that choice and pursue acting. It was a really hard decision, something that pretty much took me a week of tears to come to grips with. But at the end of the day, I realized you can't go to the store and buy an ankle or a kneecap or mm. you know a finger. And it was just one of those things where I played since I was 75 pounds, a lot of pounding, a lot of beating, very, a very brutal sport. And the higher up you go, it's kind of like... Uh, you know, you're you're owned in a way. You know, you you really do end up having to go out on the field and produce, not only because they're paying you, but you have a family to support. And now your your source of income comes from your ability to go out on the field and how much pain you can endure, because you're never really healthy. It's just how much can you take and how much can you continue to play with. Well, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people see the dollar signs first, but. They forget that you can be a multimillionaire, but if you're hobbling and in pain the rest of your life, that's, that's a big trade-off. Very true. And if you, you very seldom see or hear them speak of 
ex-athletes. Um, as great as Barry Sanders was, you don't hear him speak of Barry Sanders. John Elway, believe you me, it takes him at least 45 minutes just to get out of the bed. Jim Kelly. I mean, you can go down the line of people who had numerous knee surgeries. As your body begins to age, those ailments begin to settle in. I mean, to this day, if I get out, if I get up to walk, I crack. I mean, the ankles are popping, knees are popping, you know, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hobbled. But at the same time, you do hear the, the cracking from the repetitiveness of the sport and the contact and the, you know, the brutalness that goes on, you know, day-to-day activities playing football. So you mentioned you're a couple of credits away from having had two degrees. You yeah. could have played with the Jets or so you're a great athlete. Sounds like you were the perfect kid growing up. You know, I, I had an opportunity to do a lot of things. My, I had a, a great support system uh, with my parents and, you know, everyone around me. I think as a kid or a teenager, you know, you dabble. You do things that you know you're not supposed to do. And, of course, I dabbled in that, that lifestyle um, to a degree. But I always kept my head balanced knowing I had to keep my grades up. I had to keep my vision on what my future would be. And at one point it just came to, you know, a, nine friends passing away in two summers and then mm. a tenth in my freshman year of college and just – finally just buckling down and saying, look, buddy, I mean, it's only but so many more of you left. What are you going to do? Are you going to be the next one, or are you going to do an about-face and walk completely in the other direction? And that's what it pretty much boiled down to. For a lot of our listeners out there, they are parents, and they may be concerned, especially with the high-tech stuff, that they don't always know what their kids are up to. And now you're a parent. What do you say to other parents out there? How do you how do you sort of make sure that your kids are safe without smothering them at the same time? That's a good question, actually. You know, the way what I've been able to do, I have four girls and I have one son. And of course, my son is the youngest. As a father that is that wants to be protective of their daughter, you, your best thing to do is to not be that smothering dad where she can't date this guy. She can't. You have to remember, at some point in your life, every girl that you talked to or dated or had relations with was someone's daughter. So you have to have and know that it's going to be inevitable that at some day she's going to be with some guy. So your best bet is to befriend the person that she's liking or with and keep them close to you so you can keep an eye on them. As well as if you have that kind of attitude, then more than likely if you're a cool dad or you're at least up to pace with the things that they're listening to, the type of music they're listening to, you can at least have that dialogue. You can have that conversation and give some insight on the artist and why you may or may not like that artist, as opposed to just being the parent that's always judgmental, that's supposedly always looking out for the best. If you keep that camaraderie between you and your, your sibling, not your siblings, but your, your, your children, they become, they're open with you. They're, they're willing to share. They actually will come to you for advice because all of the hard work that you've put in over the years and years, eventually it does click does begin to pay off and when it does you have that you still have that far fatherly or parently image but you're also a friend and gall is engulfed in that and uh, mm-hmm. your whole perspective of what you've built over the years with that particular child you talk about hard work paying off it's been a good year so far an NAACP image nomination uh you have a contract now with the bold and the beautiful seems like uh it's going pretty well 
Definitely. Um, it's always great to be recognized by your peers. It's always a lovely thing to be able to one do what you love to do, and then two, you know, get your you can get a nomination or or some kind of recognition to let you know you're headed in the right direction. It's always great to be back on contract. You know, you at least know you have some storyline coming up. <laughs> We're all out here to to act and become better actors. So that helps me in preparing myself um, to be a better person, to be a better actor, um, to be able to encompass scripts and and lean it keeps you sharp you know when you do anything if you're a painter you need to paint if you're a writer you need to write if you're an actor you need to act it's true for soap fans i think there's no better way to show that they appreciate a performer or their character than when they give them those smushed names you know like they have for brangelina and all that other stuff Uh, were you aware were you aware that your character has a smushed name you know i just I was out about that. Uh, what was it yesterday? I just found about that. Yes, uh, I guess they're calling me calling us Dustin now. <laughs> they are, and that actually works because it's a real word. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And uh, I guess that is a good thing. You know, if they've taken the time to actually sit down and figure out how they're going to smush the words together to make a uh, a branded name of the couple, then hey, I'll take it. It also doesn't hurt when you find out that your character has ties to characters on another soap. Of course, there was a whole reveal that uh, Justin has ties to possibly Drusilla and, uh, uh, God, it's out of my head, Olivia from The Young and the Restless. Yes, yes. That's excellent. And that was something that I was privy to uh, during my audition. And I didn't know if they were going to exercise that option or not. It was great to see that they actually did go in that direction because ironically enough Tanya Lee Williams was one of the first persons or people that I met when I got out here and I asked her way back then like what like 15 16 17 years ago to be a mentor and she guided me on a couple of things and helped me in my own direction and I you know I kind of went off the bird left the nest and I did my thing and here we are you know x number of years later related on a, uh, a soap opera that she was doing at the time when I met her. So, hey, you know, go figure. Who who would ever thought that? But it is a great thing to be able to go across uh, the hallway to the next show, you know, Y&R, and pull them over to B&B. And I would love to go over across the hallway to Y&R. So hopefully one day those uh, storylines will intermesh, and I'll be able to do that. Well, if the folks from Y&R are listening out there, Maria uh, Arena Bell, uh, right in Justin over to the bold, uh, to the young and the restless. Maybe just wander over and uh, <laughs> wave in passing. It couldn't hurt. <laughs> Most definitely. But Most in, definitely. in case the YNR doesn't uh, happen right now, mm-hmm. you have a company called Henna where it'll help your fans keep up with your projects and what's going on and all that other stuff. So, one, how can they learn more about that? And two, what are some of the projects that you have coming up? Very true. Our, our last project, it was. Um, it was based around a true story. Um, it was called The Mansfield 12, and we produced that, and we executive produced it, and it went well. We had a great uh, following from that. We also have just got finished recording a CD. I know a lot of people are like, hey, what do you mean you're a CD? But I used to be a, and I guess I still do, a spoken word artist, and that is basically a person who does poetry. And that, of course, is very close to uh, rapping. Um, so... I've done a lot of soundtracks to different movies. I did the soundtrack for Blue Hill Avenue. I did the title track for that movie. I did the title track for The Mansfield 12. I did a couple of other movies where I also had um, songs within the, title, within the title track or the soundtrack of that. So what I'm doing at present 
and I haven't got a chance to officially launch this, but I'm going to give it to you first here, Dan. Uh, you're one of the right. first people to get this. If people go to Amazon.com and they get the album entitled Inception, you will get a free copy of the Mansfield 12. So you're basically paying for the, C- for the DVD, I mean the CD. Once you get the CD, we'll send you the DVD of the Mansfield 12 for free. Um, you can also keep up with us on Facebook under my name, Aaron D. Spears. I'm also on Twitter. And the website is under construction right now, henna, H-E-N-N-A, dot TV. But that will be launching soon as well. We have a couple of projects that we're working on at present. We're meeting and uh, looking to get started on those probably in June. We're looking to start filming and uh, moving forward with a couple of projects that have been going and moving quite along. And we actually want to document them, get them out, see if we can shop them out. And, and I think we're going to make some good moves with that. That sounds great. And just again, the name of the CD is? The name of the CD is Inception. Ironically enough, I named it prior to the movie coming out, and I had never heard that word prior to the movie. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, they come out with the movie Inception. So I said, hey, maybe I could use it to my benefit. It won't be something that they haven't heard yet. So it's called Inception. You go to Amazon.com. You type in Aaron D. Spears, CD Inception. You buy the CD. We send you the DVD for free. That's a deal. That's yeah. that's a good deal. Yeah, it's a good deal. A good deal. <laughs> well, I want to. I, I can't believe that we're uh, almost out of time here for this segment. So I want to thank you, Aaron, for dropping by. Hopefully, we can have you on again in the future and, and get some fans to call in and all that other good stuff. But uh, it, it means a lot that you took some time out of your early weekend to come in and chat with us. No problem. I greatly appreciate you having me on. Much love to the fans all over the world. Thanks to be uh thanks to the fans. B and B is number one in the world and I would like to personally thank you for all the emails and letters that I get. If by chance you stop past my Facebook page, I'll put up the uh contact if you want to become a part of the fan the fan uh club, the mailing list. We only send out pertinent stuff, no junk mail. Feel free Sign up and join, and we would love to hear from you. And we'll do the same. You Be sure to check out the SoapCentral.com page for all that information as well. And we'll be back in just about two minutes with more of Soap Central Live. Voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. 
Why is talk of sex so taboo? We're always so worried about what others may think of us, and not talking about sex can actually affect our relationships negatively. Learn how to discuss sexual topics openly when you join licensed marriage and family therapist Moshumi Ghosh for Mo Knows Sex and Love. This will be an open forum where you can talk about all kinds of matters with relation to sex and love. Put the shame of past worries and thoughts behind you and tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and our ride on the A-Train continues with our next guest. Things usually work out the way that they're meant to, and Angel Conwell has proven just that. After just a handful of appearances, her character, Leslie Michelson, became the talk of YNR fans everywhere. But many of you have been asking, well, who is Angel Conwell? We're going to find that out in about 30 seconds. Angel, welcome to Soap Central Live. Thank you. <laughs> Love well, that introduction. Well, I'm glad, but it, it's true, though. From your first YNR appearance, I know that we've been getting mail at SoapCentral.com wanting to know more about you. Are you surprised by how warmly you've been accepted by the YNR viewers? You know what? I am pleasantly, very pleasantly surprised. I really didn't expect expect such the warm welcome, so it's always... It's always a nice feeling and give you nice, warm fuzzies inside to know that people are enjoying your work. So let's rewind a little bit. You were born in Orangeburg, South Carolina. It sounds like a small town. It's like a population of like two and a half. It's a very tiny, tiny town. Orangeburg is small. So I I was born in Orangeburg, but I grew up in Columbia, South Carolina. Okay, that's that's a little bit, I think most of our listeners out there at least have heard of Columbia, South Carolina. So, yeah, Columbia is the capital. Going from South Carolina to Hollywood, though, how did that come about? Well, um, well, locally, there really just, there's not a lot of opportunities in South Carolina if you're, if you want to act or be in entertainment. So, um, after traveling a lot to Atlanta and North Carolina, because there was a lot of things filming in North Carolina and traveling to New York, Finally, we were like, okay, we have to make the big move. And once my mom and my dad saw that I was very, I was adamant about being an actress, they knew it wasn't just a fluke. Like, okay, she wanted to be an actress this week, and now next week she wants to be a ballet dancer. I always wanted to be an actress. So uh, we, we made the move to L.A. I mean, I make it sound really easy, but we had to put a lot of, of work, and it was, it was interesting. But So I was in, landed in L.A. at about 11 years old. Eleven, and you already 11. knew that that was it—that it was acting all the way, baby. I was acting from from day one. I'm a Leo. I think Leos, and it's funny because I'm actually kind of shy in re- in real life. But the instant a camera turns on, I'm just I'm, I'm ready to go. I, I love being in front of the camera. I love being a part of telling stories. It's just it's always been my passion. It's just in my blood, baby. 
<laughs> now, just out of curiosity, you mentioned that you, you find yourself to be shy in real life. I say the same thing about myself, but nobody believes mm-hmm. me. Do people believe you when, they, when you say that you're shy? The people that know me best don't believe me. But then when they see me out, they're like, okay, I see she, she has her shy moments. The shy bone kicks in sometimes. I don't know what that's about. Sometimes I get a little bit bashful, so I'm working on that. But, but, but you would think you would be shy when a camera turns on, when you know that possibly thousands or millions of people are going to see you. That, that would be the time to be shy, if at any time. But I'm kind of the opposite, so it's interesting. But I, I, I kind of have like a big outgoing personality. I'm, I'm, a, I'm very playful. So the people closest to me are like, you are just a weirdo. You're shy when you're, you know, <laughs> when you're one-on-one, but in front of a camera, you're just all out. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad that you're good. I'm glad that you're not shy here. I don't know that we have millions of people listening, but there's a, a, enough people listening to, I guess, um, be nervous I, about. I know y'all. Y'all have a big fan base. Uh, okay, so let's go uh, to talking about YNR. I'm told that the whole YNR audition process for you was uh, a pretty speedy process. How did it come about, and, and why was it so uh, such a rushed sort of situation? Well, as 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 far as I know, um, you know uh, Eric Roberts, who plays Vance, he was he, he wasn't available for certain episodes, and so I think that's maybe where the speediness comes from. Because normally, normally the audition process is very, it's a little agonizing and grueling, and you can go back and forth. I mean, three, four, five, six times. There's really no telling how many times you can go back and forth. But I, I have to say, I really did luck up with um, the audition for YNR, and I didn't have to do. So many back and forth trips to audition, and I, I instantly, really, I just kind of instantly clicked with Leslie. So, you know, I was fortunate to to come across a character that I just really that I really felt connected to. Were you a YNR viewer before you landed the role? I was a YNR viewer. I, I, I not my family. <laughs> they take they take the fanship thing to a whole different level. They definitely watch religiously every single day, and it's been that way for generations. You know, I'm, I was kind of in and out, but I was always familiar with what, what was going on. You know, I was definitely familiar with the characters, and so, you know, I knew enough. I knew enough about YNR um, to, to be familiar with what was going on at the time. Okay, now you mentioned your... That's that's what I was going to say. You mentioned that your family watched, so do you get phone calls, Angel, what's going on with Sharon? Why is Adam so mean? What's going to happen to Victor? Yes, (laughs) and of course, you know, I'm not snitching about any storylines. I'm not saying anything. I'm not spoiling the storyline, so they're they're not going to get any information out of me. So now I I get what they do. They call my mom to see if maybe she happens to know something, and she definitely (laughs) won't. She won't won't know anything, and even if she could, she wouldn't say anything. But um, it's funny. Now they're getting really crafty and savvy about it. They're like, oh, we'll just call her mom and see if if she knows anything. But, yeah, they they pretty much know now that they're not going to get any info out of me, so they just – I'll get a phone call after an episode airs or – or something like that, but it's fun, fun stuff. Okay, that's a that's got to be. Uh, I'm just thinking now. It's got to be funny to uh, for your mom, particularly, to have people calling her, and she's sort of like, you know, why are you why are you bothering me? I, I'm guessing has that been her response? <laughs> or, um, yeah, she's like, you know, you're not gonna get any info out of me. I'm not. I'm not getting hurt. <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, I love it. It, it, it. It's the enthusiasm and the the connection to the soap. I mean, it, it really is. It's pretty exciting. I love the energy. 
So let's talk a little bit about Leslie. She's a character that, at least for me, she doesn't seem to have a whole bunch of existing backstory. So how do you approach a role knowing that there's so much unknown about this character? Well, you know, I I do what I do on my own end to, to help me with the motivation for different, you know, for, for different things that Leslie would do. Of course, the writers write what they write, and they do it so well, so they make it easy. And then, of course, I add in my little angel spice to, to Leslie. But, um, you know, I, I kind of like not knowing everything that there is to know. Sometimes you, you know too much too early, but actually being unaware of certain things, I think it helps an actor to be a little bit more authentic. And, you, you know, I think... So you don't anticipate or there's no foreshadowing. You just know what you know for this moment and you do that. You put all your all into whatever it is you're looking at at the moment. So I kind of, I, I'm enjoying working that way. It works for me. Okay. We have a tweet from a reader who ironically is named Leslie. And oh, that's funny. Yeah, I just thought, I, I'm assuming it's a, a female, but Leslie wants to know, if there's anyone in the Y&R cast who you haven't really worked with yet, but really want to. Yeah, I would love to work with Melody Thomas Scott, Nikki Newman. That would be great. I love her. I'm a big fan of, of, of Nikki. Okay. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, who? It's, we're talking about one of the iconic characters from The Young and the Restless. I mean, who doesn't know Victor yeah. and Nikki? So, I mean, I would think that I that know. would be natural. Yes, I've always loved her growing up and everything. So that would be pretty awesome if that could happen one day. Now, there's another. I love her. Okay, there's an. I'm sorry to cut you off. There's another character that when uh, YNR fans mention Leslie, they sort of also put in the same breath, and that is Victoria Rowell's Drusilla. I'm wondering, what do you think of fans putting Leslie and Drusilla in the same breath? Oh, that's a it, it's it's a big compliment, but it's I mean Victoria Rowell is just an, an outstanding actress. I mean a, a serious standout, and what she did with the character Drew, and I mean she really made her mark. So I would never even try to touch that or or, or, or you know even attempt to be in that same category. But I mean I definitely appreciate the love. That's a that's a great big compliment. But I'm just trying to represent Leslie to the fullest, and 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 hopefully Leslie can there'll be a life of her own, you know, but that's, that's, that's pretty interesting to hear. I've, I've heard that. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> I'm going to leave Drew to Victoria Rowe, but because <laughs> I mean, no one can touch that. And, and if they did, I, I wouldn't try to, I definitely wouldn't try to, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> but it's other, flattering. I must, I must admit that it's flattering. Yeah. Other big names that of course, uh, you have ties to in 2001, you were in the movie, Baby Boy by the yes. amazing John Singleton. And you had a chance to work with, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, Tyrese and Snoop Dogg and uh, Taraji P. Henson. What was that like as your one of your first big roles to be in a big movie like that? That was, I mean, uber exciting, of course. I remember there was, now that was a, a grueling audition process. It, it was over like a span of three months and pretty much everyone in Hollywood was auditioning for it, going back and forth. So it was 
it, it was a big breakthrough for me to book that movie at such a young age, and I knew how many people had auditioned for it. So, I mean, I was nothing short of grateful. Um, and, and it was great, I mean, to work with John Singleton, and then now Taraji's like an Oscar nominee, uh, nominee, and Tyrese has gone on to do great things. It was a great learning experience. And, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully I'll be able to work with those people again in the future. But, um yeah, that's, it was a great learning experience. So we had like weeks and weeks of rehearsal, and I learned a lot. I, I learned a lot from John Singleton. So, yeah, and all those people, I still bump into them. And, you know, they, I hear talk about a baby boy, too. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, I'm hearing things in the streets, so who knows what will happen there. Oh, that's an interesting uh, uh, It's an interesting idea. I, I hadn't heard that. We'll yeah. have to... Google that after the show. But speaking we of Goog- be. <laughs> speaking of Googling, how can fans keep up with you? Are you on the Twitter? Are you on the Facebook? Do you have a, a website? I am. I'm on the Twitter. I, I, I'm a Twitter addict, so I have to, <laughs> I have to um, get on and off very quickly. It's so addicting. But on Twitter, uh, <laughs> at Angel Conwell, my name, Angel with two L's. Conwell, C-O-N-W-E-L-L. That's my Twitter. So I get on. I love interacting with, with you know, my people, with the with the supporters and the fans. I love all the, the feedback, good or bad, whatever. It's all good. You know, it's all interesting to hear. And then I have Facebook, which is All Angel, which is Facebook, you know, forward slash All Angel. And then I have my right. website, too. It's allangel.com. So I'm, I'm definitely on the Internet. It sounds like it. Well, it nowadays. <laughs> You really do. We are out of time, Angel. I want to thank you so much for dropping by. It's been so much fun to talk to you, and hopefully we can have you back on the show again in the future. I hope so. Thanks so much, Dan. And thanks to everyone, the supporters and everything. It's been great. Absolutely. In addition to Angel, I want to thank Alina Adams and Aaron D. Spears for dropping by. Of course, don't forget to catch Aaron on The Bold and the Beautiful and Angel on The Young and the Restless. They both air weekdays on CBS. And head on over to Amazon.com for Aaron's CD, Inception, and you'll get that free DVD of Mansfield 12. If you've missed any part of today's show or just want to hear it again, head on over to SoapCentral.com slash radio for all sorts of listening options for this and every other edition of Soap Central Live. Next week, my guest will be All My Children's Bianca, Christina Bennett Lind, and it's going to be another great show. So until next week, I'm the guy with the silent middle initial, Dan Kroll, signing off on another edition of Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.